Colvin welcoming you to the Prairie Doc radio program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is here now, ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holmes' specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Dr. Holm. Good morning, Joan Hogan and Bob. How are you guys? That's fine. We're reminiscing. I was, I was enjoying the conversation. I wanted to weigh in a little bit about all of this romantic uh, love. Are you a romantic man? Oh, I don't know. Oh. Nothing screams romance more. Then a, 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 a hack photocopied shop of a couple horrible. of bad bikers. So did you go on your road not trip? Not yet. You're going. Well, I'm not so sure I want to. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, for those of you who don't have <laughs> vision through your radio, yeah. he has a picture <laughs> of a road trip buddies, kind of a bromance, and yeah. in the uh, the faces of Bob and his cohort Quinn are imposed on this picture, and it seems as though Quinn may not have clothes on. I noticed that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that could be. Actually, it's John Travolta's naked body from the neck down with oh, Quinn's right. head. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. John Just, Travolta yeah. or Quinn. It's kind of hard to Hard to tell the, the difference, two, right, different. right. Well, ah. these two brobos, brobos, whatever you are, are no. going on a road trip this next week, right? Yeah. Should be going? fun. You never know. Don't never know. He just told me the w- he doesn't believe Depends in on the wind. holiday inns or anything. You know, they put a, a sleeping bag and a, a tent, tent on the back, and they go, and they have slept in farmyards, in Native American <laughs> reservations, and in cemeteries, which really makes my day. Oh, Wherever yeah. their gas runs out, well, I guess they stop and sleep. Yeah, no, no one in, in the cemetery is going to bother them much. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and you enjoy this, bud. And the gra- and the grass is is uh, well mowed. And people don't usually monkey with you either. You know, as long as you don't desecrate graves. Of course, I have a hard time trying to keep Quinn from d- digging. But you <laughs> <laughs> can find a quiet corner someplace and then sneak out early before anybody sees you. Yes, you know, that's it. Well, well, that's fun. I'm I'm excited for you. And and uh, you know, I I do think that uh, there's hardly anything more fun than an adventure like that it makes me think about two cowboys going off into the sunset you know heading you know on their or their trip across the the desert or the prairie and and uh, it's an exciting thing that's what these guys are two yeah. cowboys two heading cowboys west. heading, heading west. west that's they it. never head east you gotta head west right Absolutely. yeah of course when you're coming home you're heading east well, but there different. you have it. They got to come back. I think the uh, idea of emotionally connecting uh, and being a husband that considers your your needs and brings you flowers, Joan. <laughs> you know that <laughs> we're going to um, go back to that. Huh? That that uh, kind of uh, consideration of the other person is really an important thing, and I can't say that I'm that good at it. You know, I think just being considerate of the needs of the other person is an important thing, and. Um, you know that to me um, is you know a a action. You know, love in action uh, is uh, doing something for somebody else that's not you know expected. You're not doing right. it because it's planned deal. It's just something that you do because you're considerate of the other person's needs. And every once in a while, just out of love, I make um, uh, stuffed green peppers. Oh, because I can't stand them. I think they're the worst them. dish in the world. 
and he <laughs> loves stuffed green peppers. So he'll come home, oh, you're fixing stuffed green yeah. peppers. It's got to be out of love. I every like once them. in a while, my wife, out of love, takes me over to uh, Mark Kelsey and Callahogue's house, and they make uh, liver and onions for it. Oh, for God me. help us. <laughs> you like that? And she get, I love liver and onions, oh. and she hates it. So oh, I don't blame she, her. <laughs> so she gives me a, a, a visit to Mark and Callahogue's. Well, that's good. <laughs> where Mark they make the liver and onion. I wonder if they cook it outside. No, that, they that don't. That odor oh. would stick in your house forever. Oh, oh, the onions and the bacon, you know, surrounding all those. Not very much uh, liver, but, you know. Oh. That's always a Not my idea of fun. Well, folks, we're into food and love and connections. How about giving us a call? Connect with us. If you, we, we should switch. This is medical, though. Everything yeah. we talk about is medical. It, it's yeah. to, to bring you joy is yeah. a good thing. Yeah. But give us a call if you have any questions, 692-1430. I know Dr. Holm would be more than happy to solve We'd any of your, your medical questions. issues. Love and your we'll questions. be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We do hope you call because this this conversation during the break well, is going to when, food. We went we into brown swagger. Brown yeah. swagger. We all love brown swagger, even yeah, though we may liver. not like lip. Well, yeah, but it's a totally different process. It, well, it's it, cooked. So is cooked liver. Yeah, I mean, it, you does, know. it doesn't smell <laughs> the same. Onion. Oh, oh brown swagger smells terrible. No, no, ah. it's sort of like uh, you know. My I, I realized a point in my life where. I like things that I didn't like before. You know, when you oh, were like a college kid, you'd come home and your dad would break out the Limburger cheese and put it on a piece of toast and add a little brown swagger and you'd go, "Whoa, this is good now. What happened to my taste or something? And I think what happens is you get older and your taste buds become desensitized. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't matter what no, you eat. <laughs> and then you don't, you don't uh, uh, taste the, the, the true flavor of... of um, of what you used to hate, you know, uh, Brussels sprouts, for example. I remember detesting them and saying to myself, why in the world would anybody ever want Choose. this? Choose, Choose Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts now. And I, uh, you know, I, and that's uh, the same as a lot of other things. Brussels sprouts are one thing that I really experimented cooking because I couldn't stand the taste of them, and I knew I'd love them. And every time I'd try fixing them, they were bitter and sour and just everything wrong with them. And I read a few cookbooks. Finally, I just cut them in half and sauteed them very slowly in a little water until they were somewhat cooked. Strained that, uh, rinsed them off and everything, put olive oil in the bottom, a little flavoring, and put them in the pan. And then they tasted, then they tasted good. Better. The bitterness was out. I don't oh, like the bitterness of Brussels sprouts. Huh. So hmm. for those of you who need, see, I told you we'd get on we're, cooking, we're which get, is not good. But, you know, we have to talk, go beyond this. Let's talk about what foods are best for you. What are best for you? So uh, they have looked at um, the uh, foods that seem to enhance the best things. And there's three things that stick in my mind. One of them is to say that... Um, the the leafy green vegetables are way way underrated they they are so good for you and and although uh some of the leafy um you know the salads that we eat are pre they are preserved with nitrates um and nitrites uh and so they're not as good as they could be uh so that's one thing to say 
Another is to say that the, the, the leafy green vegetables are so good for you because they carry with mm. them a great deal of minerals and vitamins that you don't get elsewhere. The other thing is um, the, uh, they, they say that one of the great vegetables of all time is really the sweet potato. And, uh, of course, we mispronounce, we call them yams sometimes here, but yams is really a sweet potato from Africa. And that we really most always have sweet, sweet potatoes, potatoes here. here. Right. Uh, and then... Uh, now, why are sweet potatoes that beneficial? They just have They have the color of vitamins and minerals in, in them. And if you cook them with the skins on in particular... Oh my gosh, they're about the next best thing to heaven there is as far as good for you. Um, if you look at the things that are best for you and, and we don't get enough of, it is, and that's dangling participle, I think, but uh, if, if there's anything to be uh, pointed out, it is the vegetables. It's the root vegetables, it's the leafy green vegetables, and then the, the, the bright colored fruits which are the, the most important one to, to catch. So um, if, if all we ate were the life, the, the bright colored orange and reds and blues and purple fruits and root vegetables and leafy green vegetables, you know, we would live forever <laughs> and a day. <laughs> and those are the important things in your lifetime, right? They right. will really help you. Now, one other thing to say is that uh, if you look at the calories in foods uh, or the way that we prepare certain things, generally potatoes are not that good for us. We, we take away the, the benefit of potatoes by taking off their skins. Uh, I think we really should cook potatoes, if we're going to boil them, boil them with their skins on and then mash them with their skins on uh, or uh, slice them with their skins on and... Uh, and uh, cook them, um, but uh, they're, they're caloric, they're starchy. Corn and potatoes are the caloric uh, vegetables that, y if you, you know, the starchy things that people would criticize um, uh, because they have so many uh, extra calories in them. And so enough on fruits and vegetables probably. But, but when you say starchy, they're still good for you though. Well, Just I don't overdo it. I think that's it. If you look at all of the very best diets and you study the diets, what are the best diets? Uh, really, the di the best diet is less calories. Uh, and uh, even though you don't, it isn't great in losing weight. People don't lose weight very easily, and you regain very quickly once you've set your weight at a certain mu uh, point. The truth of the matter is, we're better off eating less calories, even if you're not losing weight. I'll bet if you exercise, that would help, too. What do you and think, Bob? Do you think <laughs> exercise might help that? It just might. Eat less, exercise more, and on those fine notes from Dr. Holm, we'll take our next break and be right back. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We should, I don't know if we should call it Prairie Doc or Prairie Cook. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> but we have talked about foods that are healthy for you and uh just foods that may not be healthy, but just foods in general. And I thought we could just shift this program away from foods and talk and discuss Dr. Holmes' television program, which will air tomorrow night on South Dakota Public Television at 7 o'clock. It's on call with the Prairie Doc. And his guest tomorrow, he has three, actually. 
and they're going to be discussing the perils of aging. And those three doctors were did do this program with you, and it aired in February. So right. if you were traveling or out of town in February, you can see the uh, program again tomorrow night. And the perils of aging. I think some of your audience, our audience, is just on the ve- just verge of, verge aging, of aging. God yes. forbid we'd ever say they're old. But um, they're, they're starting to age just a bit. And I do know that you may not worry about the perils of aging until you're getting close to it. And then you start thinking, thinking about, about it. it yes. And what would you think about the perils of aging? Should we be concerned? Uh, well, I, I think uh, that as you get older, you do concern yourself with the possibility of dying more. Uh, and it's interesting that the people who are aged usually are not afraid so much of dying. Thank you. Uh, aren't uh, uh, afraid so much of dying. It's, it's the younger people that seem to be fearful. Uh, but there's a lot of fear of dying, and that's one of the things that happens uh, as you get older. I would add that um, we have uh, on tomorrow night's show... David Brechtelsbauer, who's, who is a uh, king of geriatrics and has been teaching it and is a family physician from the, the Family Practice Center in Sioux Falls that, that uh, teaches residents and, and family practice. Um, and Victoria Walker, who is the head of, of uh, the nursing home uh, Good, Samaritan. Good Samaritan Center throughout the country. I mean, she's the medical director of Good Samaritan and Good Samaritan has nursing homes in all of the states. Uh, and then the third guest by Skype is Ma- Maggie Callanan, who is the, um, the wo- woman who uh, co-authored the book Final Gifts that helps people through the end of their lives. And so she is a, um, a nurse who is uh, specifically a world-renowned a- author and speaker on end-of-life care. Uh, and it's really a fascinating discussion um, tomorrow night. You'll see, uh, to listen to those three experts go at it. I mean, it's just a wonderful experience. To That was a good show. One thing that I took from that show, well, more than one thing, but really stood out were the, was the bad rap that nursing homes have. And, of course, Victoria Walker, who oversees the Good Samaritan, would consider it a bad rap, but I think you do as well. We have this idea, oh, my kids will never put me in a nursing home. Promise me you'll never put me in a nursing home. And really, use your heads. Nursing homes have a bad rap, and it is it was earned years ago, but it no longer is. There's regulations, and you talk about that. You right, discuss right. the that, nursing home care today compared to what it may well, what well, we may have imagined it to be. There are government and in, uh, national regulations that uh, that that bring all of the nursing homes to a certain level. Now, I'm not a real fan of a lot of government regulations, but at in this level, I think it's important. And they monitor. And if a nursing home is not up to snuff, that they, they can be turned they off. Can be they closed. can be closed. Yes. So it's changed it. I mean, and it happened as a survey occurred uh, quite a few years ago, and they found a fair amount of uh, weaknesses in the nursing home scenario. And the, our our uh, federal government 
change that. And this is probably why Good Samaritan grew because they do have a, have a really quality practice and people recognize it. Yeah. And when nursing homes that were not good went under, Great Good Samaritan would come in and put clean in a them good, up. clean them up. Good yeah. nursing home. One other, I think it was Maggie Callahan on the program who said, you underestimate the socializing aspect of nursing homes. Right. I, my sense is, in particular, uh, the examples I have, I have myriad examples of caring for an elderly person who is in their home. They're getting some support from family, but it's not often. You know, you know families are busy. People are busy. So they're all alone. They're sitting in, uh, uh, in my mother's case. She just sat in her uh, home in DeSmet and drank wine and smoked cigarettes and that's basically what she did until she was very sick went to an assisted living you know came to the hospital uh ended up in an assisted living despite her her um, her protests protests <laughs> and developed all these friends and she said to me one time when i'm driving her back to the assisted living she says i never thought that i would call this home but i really do and it is a wonderful place she had all these friends in the assisted living and she lived into that in that place until finally the assisted living people said you know we're almost we're breaking the rules by caring for her because she needs more care than we should be providing it's time to go to the nursing home and so she moved to the nursing home and developed friends there and an all new a relationship move for her you know right. and i you know people say never let me go to the nursing home i shudder about it well you're shuddering Stop about the shuddering. fact. <laughs> you're you're shuddering about the fact that you're ever going to become disabled and and lose your independence. Well, that may happen. That's the the sad part of getting older. Sometimes uh, we become disabled as we get older. That's the truth of it. Not that we all end up in the nursing home. It is sometimes we become disabled. Thank goodness that we have a place where they can be cared for and cared for in a nice way. Uh, so I, I just, I come back with that. And uh, when you, your parent says, promise me you'll never take me to the nursing home, turn around and say, no, I promise I will always be there for you. I will always care for you and I will do the right thing to support you. That's so much better than that other that, promise. No, Absolutely. Don't well, on that note, we're going to no take a final home. break. We appreciate you listening and we'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you listening today. Dr. Rick Holm is here ready to answer any questions you might have. And we did have a woman call in. A woman in her 60s has had sclerotherapy to treat varicose veins twice in the three years apart. So she's had this sclerotherapy two times, three years apart, but now she's been told she needs a repeat surgery. She wants to know what Dr. Holm thinks of this repeat and also... She would like Dr. Holm to know that she walks one to three miles a day and wears compression socks. Great. So she's doing good things. Do you really <laughs> think a third surgery? therapy is going to help. Good right. question. I, and my answer is I really don't know. It depends. Uh, if you're, if you're um, uh, it depends upon who's doing it. Uh, you've already, you're doing the main things right now, which is walking regularly and the, the strong support hose. The support hose that I like are at are usually 18 to 22 pound, or even more. And and if you feel that this the sclerotherapy is uh, you you've got very ver, varicose veins that are in the thigh. Now it's not very close veins. I know. It's I, very 
Varicose. 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 Sometimes I don't pronounce that quite correctly. Yeah, I may have said very patient, close. Varicose. Many patients came have come to me and said, I have those very, very close, close veins. Very close veins, yes. They're not very close. That's pretty funny. But <laughs> um, So the very, very close veins, if they're up in the thigh, you need to wear... You know, a much higher thigh high hose. compression, and those hose. are hard to oh. hang, handle. Uh, certainly, uh, bad varicose veins uh, can not only be unsightful but can also be dangerous because it enhances the potential for clots. You know, you you think about clots, clots that are below the knee. Five uh, percent of the time, will go up to the thigh. And of the uh, the percentage of the people who get clot that get uh, clots in the thigh, they will go to the lungs, and a percentage of the people who get clots to the lung will die from it. So you want to prevent the clotting. And so the most important thing I've found is support hose, regular walking, and I love one to three miles a day. That's just a phenomenal. So she's doing a lot she's to, doing, to help her health. Wow, that's the most important thing. Now, what about sclerotherapy? What sclerotherapy is, is it will, it will take an external vein and it will clot off the vein so that you end up with a vein that, uh, that's, that turns into scar and, and no longer distends and no longer works. Now, I've, you know, I've seen those external veins removed when people uh, go to coronary artery uh, surgery and they take the veins. Veins have valves in them and run only up, right? The valves only allow the blood to flow up. Uh, varicose veins occurs when the valves are dysfunctional and, um, and it starts running back down and then they distend. But... Uh, they'll take the veins out of the external veins out of the leg and then they'll use them as vessels to feed the coronary arteries and bypass the blockages of the arteries. Now they're making veins to bypass arteries and arteries are are different than veins. Veins are floppy, thin and big, dilated often. Uh, arteries are are uh, uh, muscled and firm and uh, and are are built different, but uh, the veins work, uh, and uh, they're not as good as arteries. Of course, what they do also is they'll take the arteries of the chest wall, and they'll use those arteries instead of veins from your legs when they do bypass, and they 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 do better than the veins in the leg. Still, what I've seen is people who've had the veins harvested from their legs to use for coronary bypass. They come back with more swelling in their legs. They come back with painful legs. They come come back with uh, problems as a result of the surgery. Now, it, theoretically, it shouldn't happen, but it does. And so I like to leave veins alone. I mean, even if they're dysfunctional as a rule, if you can help them out with a support hose, uh, I would leave them alone. On the other hand, there are people and there's times when you can do uh, surgery and make things work better and prevent the clots that can flip. And so you, you've got to lean on your experts. Now okay. you have another question. Well, while you were talking about this, a caller, we appreciate your question, called in and asked, what are the signs of clotting in your legs? This is a different person. Now right. listening to you talking about right. clotting, how would you know that and you had clotting in your legs? It's important to know this. This is a very important issue. Uh, oftentimes, a clot will occur in a leg, and then there's inflammation as a result. So there's swelling, 
heat, tenderness, um, pain. You know, um, so uh, uh, if you have clotting, you'd have swelling, heat, tenderness, or pain. One or all of those. Well, and no? uh, redness. Redness. So okay. the rubor, dolor, calor, tumor. Rubor is red, dolor is pain, calor is heat, and tumor is swelling. So you get rubor, dolor, calor, tumor, and you know you have inflammation. And that oftentimes is a blood clot in the leg. If it's in the thigh, it's even more dangerous. And uh, you you need to come in and be seen. Now there's other things. You, can, you rupture a, uh, 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 a cyst behind the knee, that uh, then you'll get a similar appearance. And you can have a rupture of the tendon in the lower leg that can give you rubor, dolor, calor, tumor. But if it's one of those, uh, it should be either any of those any need to be addressed by your physician so or redness, your care provider. Heat, pain, swelling. Swelling. That's redness, heat, pain, swelling. That means inflammation. It right. doesn't mean infection, but it can mean infection. Okay. It can mean. A, a clot. It can mean a ruptured tendon. It can mean a rup, ruptured popliteal uh, uh, cyst. Well, you answered both those questions. I'm just going to go back to the woman that called with the therapy, and your answer to her is, listen to your doctor. It may be good, it may not. Is that right. your thought? I, I think it depends upon the swelling, the vein uh, distension, uh, the pain of it, uh, how much it takes you out of function. How much swelling you have, and are you willing to wear those support hose or not? I mean, support hose is so important. And, uh, you know, those of us who are afraid to wear the support hose or so on and so forth, that's that's, uh, problematic. you got to move forward. A lady yelled at me for not getting her to support hose sooner because it helped so much. (laughs) You should have done it sooner, right. Okay, well, knowing about sooner or later, we have run out of time, but we do hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avira Medical Group Brookings. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. That's it for this week, Dr. Holm. Thank you, Joan, and don't miss tomorrow night's show on on aging uh, and dying with grace which is like the book that I'm, I'm almost published. Almost finished, almost published. So, You're finished writing it? Yeah. We need to get it published. Stay healthy out there, people.